This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I would call businesses, set up appointments, and then I wind up selling like, I think I had three clients at the time. And um, I was making $2,500 a month. So I went from all this crazy money back to zero, got it back up to 2,500. At the time, my bills were 6,000 a month. We had just bought a house. We were pregnant again. Like we had all these bills. Like, and then I was like, I'm quitting my job. And everyone was like, you're crazy. I mean, everyone that's like in their nine to five, like, you know, just they have security. Like you're quitting your job. Like, yeah, you got another baby on the way. You just bought a house. Your bills are three times what you're making. I'm like, I'm quitting. They're like, why would you quit your job? I'm like, look at it this way. I'm cold calling businesses one hour a day. And I got up to $2,500 a month within the first couple of weeks. I'm like, if I could do this for eight hours a day, I'll absolutely crush it. So that's what I did. I quit. I set up a little office in the third bedroom back against the wall, had, you know, 6,000 in bills, 2,500 a month coming in. And I just sat there and cold call businesses and I grew from $2,500 to $50,000 recurring within the first three months. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? I've got the pleasure of having James Furman in with me today. How are things up in Connecticut, brother? Good, man, Jerome. Thanks for having me on. Things are good, man. No complaints. I'm excited to hear from you. So we do things a little unconventional here. Usually people make the listeners wait all the way until the end to find out how they can get into contact with them. But I like to do it up front. So the listeners are going to love your story. They're going to want to know more about you and maybe have some questions for you. So what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, so the best way would be James at mission for media so the number four miss james at mission the number four the word media.com that's the best way or they can go to missionformedia.com as the website and here they go they're scrolling man they're typing it in mission for media right now they're like what's up with this guy how do you get on the podcast and so let's dive into the background man like who are you where are you from give the listeners a rundown if they don't know anything about you 
Definitely. Oh, actually, on journey to seven figures.com is like more about like the, I think what we're going to be discussing today, but yeah, those three um, contact points. So a little bit about me, man, where do I start? <laughs> so I'm from Connecticut, born and raised in Connecticut. I've always been, you know, in oh, oh, like my, my parents grew up and I was always into business and, you know, coming up with creative ideas. I think I started like my first business AK, which is, you know, a, a lawn care company. Everyone has that, like where they're cutting lawns at like 12 years old. And they're like, I got our own business, but it's not really a business yet. But I've always had that entrepreneurial brain. We're always wanting to create something and, you know, think of a great idea and, you know, take it to life. So that's always been in the back of my mind. That's something I've always been able to accomplish for sure. Okay. So you're running around with the parents' lawnmower, cutting other people's grass, putting all the money in your pocket. Did you make them pay for the gas? Because I used to make my parents pay for the gas, too, when I was still in the lawnmower. Yeah, I did. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what my dad would do is, like, you know, I would, I would try to, like, I, I try to sneak the lawnmower and then, like, the gas. And my dad was just, like, really strict growing up. Like, I mean, he, you can eat, like, a cookie out of the cabinet and he'd be like, wait, one of my cookies. You know what I mean? So, like. He just always knew. So he would look at the gas when I got back. I'm like, did you, just, did you use some gas? He just always knew what was going on. But it started there and, you know, it evolved over time to, into different businesses. My parents had like a real estate company growing up. And I just always wanted to start my own business. And I'm pretty sure we'll get to that. I kind of want to go in the flow that you have. But that's how it started. Love it. So you're growing, you're figuring out how to make money and you're getting through high school. And so what's the next step after you graduate? Do you go to college or what happens? So when I was in high school, I always wanted to start my own clothing line. That was like the first business that I wanted to start. I was like, I just, it just always like, cause I'm tall and I could never find like fashion that fit me and like still looked good. I felt like everything out there was like, for people that weren't as tall as me. So I wanted to start a clothing line. So I'm like, let me go to school for, for business management and, and figure this thing out and, you know, really see what I need to do. So, you know, started researching, went to college, started college. And then, you know, I had some really unforeseen circumstances happen to me, like while I was going to college, while I was in college, I unfortunately was falsely accused of a, of a crime that I didn't commit. And at the time, you know, had to, I had to withdraw from college to actually do some time. Whoa. So you weren't just accused, but convicted and the whole deal. Because of where I was at and, you know, the climate of the town that I was in and some other, you know, things that happened, they basically tried to give me more charges than I actually was guilty of. It it was like overboard. It was just like, we're going to make an example out of you. So, you know, it was like a little petty thing where I probably would have been in and out that night. You know, as a kid, I was 19 years old, just, you know, at the wrong place, wrong time. And they wound up trying to give me charges that would give me more than 10 years. And the crazy thing is, is when I was first in the, you know, holding cell, they told me that, you know, we're, we're going to make an example out of you. You like to run and we're going to basically give you this charge, this charge, this charge, this charge. So it went from me getting out that night to my bond being like 
$85,000 within the blink of an eye. And they basically told me to my face that, Hey, you know, we're going to make an example out of you in, in, you know, one way, shape or form. Are you comfortable talking about what happened? Because I think the listeners are out here like, man, what in the world happened? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm from Connecticut, a basketball fan. UConn won the championship. This was, I think, a 90, I want to say 98 or 97. They won the championship. So my, my friends and I are like, hey, let's go up to the campus and let's, um, let's you know, let's just celebrate, right? So, you know, at the time, you know, i 19 years old. I think I was, I had like two dime bags of weed on me, something small, something like not even that crazy at all. Um, so I went up there and next thing you know, people were like, riding cars through the campus and like you know i think i sat on the back of a car and one car went by next car went by it escalated like that i mean it turned into a full-blown like riot or like you know whatever you want to call it within like 30 seconds of me sitting on a car so we're you know we're, we're everyone's getting crazy people were like burning fences it was just got out of control so a cop comes up to me and he's like, if you do that again, he's like, you're going to jail. And I'm like, just all I did was sit on a car. You know what I mean? Like, I'm you know, like, I really didn't do anything. You know what I mean? But he and he opens up his jacket and he has a camcorder. So I'm like, all right, like, I'm, I don't, I'm trying to get arrested. Like, I'm in college. Like, I'm just trying to get out of here. So as I'm leaving, he didn't say anything to me as I'm leaving. I'm walking up to the exit and the riot police were like, as soon as I was about to leave, it's like he, it's like he fuddled me out. Like they were watching me or something. I had this stupid bright red jacket on and I never wear bright red jackets. Some girl gave it to me. I think I stopped talking to her after that because I was like, so I'm six, seven with a bright red jacket on the cops are like, there he is right there basically. So I'm about to leave. And as soon as I get to the exit, the cop says, get them. So there's like 15 cops that just start running at me in like riot gear. So you're a 19 year old kid. Like, what do you do? Like, I just started running. I was like, what? I'm like, I was gone. I don't think I ever ran that fast in my entire life. I was gone. Like (laughs) smoke coming off my sneakers. So I started running. I lost them. And then I, to this day, like I took this left and to this day, I have dreams about this still. There was like a tree and there was like a little ditch next to the tree. And in my head, I was like, I should jump in that ditch. And then I did it. And when I ran where I did in in Gamble Pavilion in Connecticut, if anyone knows it, like there's the campus is like cut off. And like once you run somewhere, it's like a dead end with with just doors that you can't even open. So I run in there trying to open the doors. Could I try to double back and the cop clotheslined the shit out of me, like almost broke my chest. And he was like, and then before I went there, I had put those two little dime bags in my shoe, in my sock. But when they arrested me, one had fell inside of a hole that was in this jacket that this girl gave me that I later stopped talking to because I don't like red jackets. <laughs> so, so they arrest me and they're like, Oh, what's this? And I'm like, Oh man, I'm thinking to myself, like it's one dime bag. Like I'm going to be out tonight. Like I, you know, I don't think anything crazy is going to happen to me. So when they put me in the cell, the cops like, Oh, you're a track star. You like to run. You like to run, huh? I'm like, 
not saying nothing. He's like, how about this? He's like, just because you ran, we're going to give you assault on a police officer with a firearm, resisting arrest, possession, intent to sell, inciting a riot. They basically, because I ran, they threw seven additional charges on me that combined with all of them together would have carried 10 years. So I'm like, what just happened? So my bond went from, you know, just basically just being released the next day to $85,000 with the blink of an eye because I actually just ran to try to make an example out of me. Yeah. So that, that's the story of what happened. And like, people are like, Oh, it's not like this, you know, it's just, they try to make an example out of me and give me more years than, you know, I shouldn't have been facing any years whatsoever. Like it should have been like, you know, okay, you can go home today. And they just try to make an example out of me. That's wild. And so, I mean, what happens next? Like parents try to get you lawyered up and you're going to fight the fight or? Yeah. So I got a lawyer and, you know, just, I was still going to college, still going to, to, to court, try to figure all that out. And, you know, finally got down to it. My lawyer was like, you know, he's like, you could take this, you could, you could plead out and take this thing, but they're, they're just because it, because of it, what happened on the Yukon campus in the town that I got arrested in, they were really trying to find like these, you know, few individuals or whatever that they could pin this on and really, you know, point the finger and blame them. So they're like, you know, they're, he's like, they're really adamant about getting, making somebody guilty. And it looks like they're going to try to go through everything they can to like make an example out of you. Like they've already thrown all these charges on you. He's like, there's a small chance that, you know, if you're guilty on these charges, you take it to trial. He's like, there's, there's a chance that you could do a couple years up to 10 if they wanted to get really crazy. And I'm like, well, I didn't even do anything. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just the amount of charges that they gave you. I'm like, but I'm not guilty of all those. And he's like, you know, you could plead out and just do, you know, do six months and, you know, just not have to worry about it. And at the time, like, if I think if I knew what I knew now, I may have not taken the six months, but I was a kid. I was scared. I was like six months or potentially 10 years. I'm like, yeah, let me just take the six months and just forget about it. So I had to withdraw from college and actually turn myself into prison. And, you know, the, the night before I actually went to prison, like it was one of my like closest cousins passed away. It was like a very like crazy time in my life that all that to happen at one time. That's wild, brother. So you get there, your life's changed. And so how did that change your trajectory? Because, I mean, you're going to get a business management degree. Now you're in a slammer, you know, <laughs> you're like, I never uh, saw myself here. I'm yeah. not a troublemaker <clears throat> like that. I I decided like, hey, I mean, obviously for the first couple of weeks, I'm like, my life is over. Like, hey, I was playing on my head. I'm like, what am I going to do now? I'm like, even if you know, I, I'm just like trying to stay positive. Right. But that positivity that you bring in from like do your everyday life where you've never been anywhere like that before. And then you're thrown in there. You're like, whoa, like, I don't know if it's hard to trans to bring that positivity in with you. So I just really try to figure out like how I could stay motivated and how I can kind of continue, you know, what I already started when I was when I, when I was not locked up. Right. So I just started, you know, trying to 
educate myself as much as I can. So I just started reading like as much as I could with, you know, business management. And I think that's the first time I read Think and Grow Rich. And I started implementing some of the lessons in the book and staying motivated. I think I read like the whole entire business section of the library when it went in prison. But, you know, some books that I felt like wouldn't apply, but I'm like, hey, I could use this somewhere in life. And just that's where I started sketching like my first business plan. And all I had at the time was a napkin. I just started sketching on a napkin. I was writing projections and I was like, I didn't know. Basically, I advanced what I was learning when I first started going to college by like 10 because I was just reading everything and just mixing it together and writing projections. I was like drawing lines with the ruler and be like, okay, January, I have these expenses. February, just coming up with like a fake business and then really running it through the numbers and coming up with the marketing plans. And I started helping like other guys that were in there, like come up with ideas to how they could start their business. Cause I always had like that creative mind and help some other guys, like, you know, learn to teach them how to read. I mean, it was like a complete shift in everything that I was doing, but I was trying to embrace it as much as I possibly could. That's crazy. So did you actually build a business that you came up with? The napkin? Yeah. So I guess fast forwarding a little bit when I, the business plan I was writing napkin was, was a call center. It was also had like my, my clothing line as well. I always wanted to figure out a way to like market for other businesses, but then also, or come up with ideas for other business. I still have the, the original legal paper that I had. I look at it sometimes. I'm like, what the heck was that talking about? But like, <laughs> it still turned into something. So I always want to come up with creative ideas. So I was like coming up with a way that I could be that person to help other people with like really creative ideas. And the first one I wanted to start with was going to be like my clothing line. So when I got out, I was on parole and I'm like, Hey, it's like, as soon as I'm off parole, like I'm getting out of here. Like I just needed like that fresh start. I needed to just leave and start over. So when I got out, I packed two duffel bags. And at the time I was like DJing parties. I packed two duffel bags and they were 90 pounds a piece. I remember this because when I got to the airport, these are overweight. <laughs> I'm like, He's going to be like $125 a piece. And my dad's looking at me like, I told you you were too heavy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So I jumped on a plane, moved to Arizona. And then I started figuring out like how I was going to turn that, that business into a reality. And I started my own, the clothing line first and started marketing online through MySpace. Like, and this is, I mean, I don't, this is probably... 2003 or four, right around there. So I started marketing on MySpace, started promoting concerts and bringing out like artists and having like cross promoting with them and having them, you know, wear my shirts. I had like, I don't know, it's just more, I'm trying to think of some, so like Run DMC, they were wearing our shirts. We had like Method Man and a bunch of other like, you know, now it's like old school hip hop artists, but back then they, they weren't as old school, you know what I mean? So they started wearing the shirts and it was getting some buzz. And then I started getting people approaching me that, you know, were like, you know, I love what you're doing, how you're marketing this business. And at the at first I was like, how am I going to turn this into marketing for other businesses? I just knew I needed to go after getting one business going first. And I mean, I wasn't even making that much money. Like it was just 
was just learning back then, right? Then I started, the other business owners started coming up to me and say, hey, can you market for me? Like, this is amazing. This is cool. And I'm like, sure. So at the time, a friend of mine that I made out there was like, hey, you know, I want to start a call center and I want to start helping other businesses market. And I'm like, whoa, this is like almost exactly what I set out to do. And I said that I wanted to do from the beginning. And he, so we started offering websites for businesses. I mean, that's not even, that's nothing glamorous about that. There's so many different ways you could do that. And the same week that we were offering websites and we opened the calls, Facebook came out with Facebook business pages, which was a big deal. It was like, you know, everyone had personal pages and then all of a sudden Facebook comes out with business pages. So this is like probably 10, 11 years ago, a long time ago. And then we just started calling businesses and saying, hey, you know, Facebook's offer a business page. Would you like us to set up one for you? I mean, now everyone could set up a Facebook business page, right? Like if you, if someone calls you right now and said, Hey, I'll set up your Facebook business page for you. You're like, yeah, I can do that on my own. So in that first like eight or nine months or right around there, I forgot what it was. We just blew up. We did over a million dollars within the first year of business. We were growing so fast that we had to like slow down a little bit and figure out like fulfillment, but it just, basically blew up from there. It was crazy. So you found the people through Facebook and they all wanted your offer. I just want to make sure I got what that do you mean? right. So setting up the Facebook business pages, uh-huh. that went to a million? Yep. Because it was all the timing. We were obviously doing additional things, but that was like our main product because everybody wanted it. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a new thing. It was as opposed to us. And we were, we were cold calling businesses. Like we didn't, there wasn't like direct response marketing. There wasn't ads. There wasn't like, this was a grind. We were literally getting lists, picking up the phone, calling businesses and, you know, saying, Hey, Facebook just came out with, you know, a brand new business page. And like Facebook was around back then, obviously, but it wasn't as popular as it is now. It wasn't like a billion users across the world or whatever that number is. So it was still a little bit harder for sales. So we used to call, we used to start with our immediate area, invite business owners in, have like, you know, a little meeting with them. And I was always the one that came up with strategy, no matter what. I was like, what should we do for this client? What could be our competitive edge for them? And I've always had like a knack to be able to figure that out a lot quicker than everybody else. But yeah, we were... That, that was our core offer was the Facebook business pages. And so were there a lot of competitors in this space or did you just like corner the market? I don't even know, man. I, that's, I think like when I do something, there's competition out there, but I just try not to even think about it, man. Cause it's like when you, I feel like there's obviously there's competition in a lot of different markets. You want to see what your competition is doing. You want to analyze that. Obviously you can make your product better, but the fear of, there not being enough, you know, business out there. And I, I've never had that problem. I'm like, okay, I'll just, if, if there's, if there's competition and people are doing it, that means there's a need for it. Right. So we just kept going after it and it grew really quick, man. It was amazing. A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential, but lack the strategy, support and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. 
we have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. So, did you break it? Like, or was it pretty smooth as you were going through? Because I imagine fulfillment and hiring people and all that other stuff is just a headache. Yeah, we broke it for sure. <laughs> we, we broke it. And then we, you know, took a step back and fixed it. And this was like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I had the clothing line. I had like, you know, I was doing like some marketing stuff on the side here and there, but this was like my first business. I was involved in that really made money. Right. Like I think before that day, I think like the most I ever made a week was like, I don't know, like 1200, 1500 bucks. You know what I mean? At the most. So I went from that to making like just ridiculous money. So, you know, I don't think I, I don't, I, that's one thing. I think there's a void in education or people growing. It's like, I, I really had no idea what to do with the money. Like I was just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Going from $1,200, $1,500 a week to like, you know, 20,000, 30,000 a month. And you're only, you know, 22 years old. I was like, what do I do now? And I just did, I definitely made some not so great financial decisions, but I learned from my lesson from there for sure. That's wild. Okay. So is that, you still doing that today? Business changed a lot. I had that business with, with some partners in Arizona. Right. So I finally decided business was going good. Business was going good. I had like a sudden, like my, my, and then my mom passed away out of nowhere, which was crazy. So she, so I was like, she's finally was like, Oh, proud of you were able to pull it out. She just passed out of nowhere. And then that kind of derailed me for a while. I really wasn't as focused. And then I had like three other really close family deaths, like back to back to back. So I decided to move back home. I decided to drop everything and move back home because I just really couldn't focus the way I needed to. So I dropped everything, moved back home to Connecticut. This is where I was in Arizona. And I was like, I got to build this business back up again. And I really wasn't sure where to start, how to do it. At this time, I was like 100% on my own. So I got a job, got a nine to five. I was doing telemarketing. I think I was selling like data lines and cable internet for businesses. It was just like back to square one, right? So my boss, you know, was really cool at the time. He knew that you know, I wasn't going to be there forever. He just knew that I needed a job to support my family and everything. So what I would do is I would go and get those circular books that were people like, it's like the bargain book or whatever it is, like the little newspaper thing that I don't know if it even works or not, but people still advertise. It works. It works. works. So, so I basically went and got these bargain books and I was like, I know that these people are advertising. I know that they're looking for a better way to advertise. So what I would do is on my lunch break and my nine to five, I would go in one of the empty offices and I would cold call through as many as I possibly could. And I would set up appointments for the next lunch break. And my boss was really cool at the time. He's like, if you need a little bit of longer of a lunch, he's like, it's fine. Just, you know, he's like, just 
just take a little bit longer lunch. She's like, I know that you're trying to build your business back up. So, so I would call businesses, set up appointments. And then I wind up selling, like, I think I had three clients at the time and um, I was making $2,500 a month. So I went from all this crazy money back to zero, got it back up to 2,500. At the time, my bills were 6,000 a month. We had just bought a house. We were pregnant again. Like we had all these bills. Like, and then I was like, I'm quitting my job. And everyone was like, you're crazy. I mean, everyone that's like in their nine to five, like, you know, just they have security. Like you're quitting your job. Like, yeah, you got another baby on the way. You just bought a house. Your bills are three times what you're making. I'm like, I'm quitting. They're like, why would you quit your job? I'm like, look at it this way. I'm cold calling businesses one hour a day. And I got up to $2,500 a month within the first couple of weeks. I'm like, if I could do this for eight hours a day, I'll absolutely crush it. So that's what I did. I quit. I set up a little office in the third bedroom back against the wall, had, you know, 6,000 in bills, 2,500 a month coming in. And I just sat there and cold call businesses and I grew from 2,500 to $50,000 recurring within the first three months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What was that? <laughs> like, I drop bombs on them sometimes, oh, man. Um, yeah. The bombs. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like kind of off to like, I had the momentum going again. And then from there, I started, you know, helping a lot of other agencies and coaches, like teach them like what I was doing, how I was marketing online. And that's what's kind of evolved over years and years into like what I'm currently doing for businesses. Wow. You're teasing us, bro. What, how do you help businesses today? So what I noticed is like through the grind and through like starting a couple of agencies and starting from scratch and trying to do it all on my own is that nine times out of 10, like business owners, coaches, consultants, like we're, we don't really have like a team. We're kind of doing, trying to try to do so much on our own, right? So I noticed like all of the different areas that I was struggling with when I was growing my business. And I was like, what if we could create something that, you know, there is a sense of a team or there is a team there that could help them focus on different areas, right? So my current program is what I'm doing is I'm helping people do exactly that. And this isn't something that I just decided to do and just happened. This is something that I decided to do because, because of COVID. So when COVID hit, I lost 75% of my revenue within three weeks of the first three weeks. Because I had a lot of hotels, restaurants, gyms, like most of the people that I was cold calling and they stuck with me, they all just dropped off. So I lost about $40,000 in recurring revenue within three weeks. And my business was like literally back to almost nothing again. And I'm just, I'm like, man, I don't I don't even know if I could do this again. I'm like, I, I give up. <laughs> like I literally kind of threw the towel in. I sat in my room for, you know, two or three months. And then I started thinking like I had already helped a lot of other business owners, like hit six and seven figures. And I'm like, what if I just came up with a program that could help them with everything, help them really figure out what their, their sales process is, implement that sales process into their business. Like, you know, because most times, 
business owners don't have a proven sales process. And like the only way you can determine what holes are in the process is if you're following the same thing every single time. And then what I do is I help them structure their off. I help them make it compelling and irresistible because it's a competitive marketplace, depending on where you are, really determines like, you know, how are you, how are you going to stand apart from the competition? Like what's going to make you different? So we help them with their sales process. And then once we help them with their sales process, we help them find a salesperson as well. And then from there, we help them book appointments, depending on what demographic they're in. So that would mean, you know, helping assign like virtual assistants that could um, help book appointments for them. And then we also have members on our team that can help them with processes, fulfillment. It's pretty much top to bottom, like a business in a box, realistically. But when I first started it, I was like, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm crushing it. But then I started looking at my numbers and I'm like, man, you're offering this great product, but you're not making any money on this. So I had to kind of take a step back and really, you know, figure out, you know, how I could, you know, move some numbers around and get it to work. So we're finally at that, at that point now. Now, I don't know if you want the listeners to know, but I'm pretty proud of it. Like they give out awards for people who put enough money through funnels. Right. Yeah. And so I think you made a submission here recently that in, I guess at Nest Funnel Hacking Live, you'll be on stage. Yeah. So I've helped multiple people get to Comic Club Awards through ClickFunnels. And for me, like I changed niches so many times because it was just like how I am. I'm like, I would figure out like a great idea for a specific niche. I would work with it. And then I'm like, okay, let me figure out a new one. It's just like, I don't know, my ADD brain or whatever it is. But now, because I finally like have a business that I could work with like multiple types of like businesses, mostly coaches, consultants, and, you know, and agency owners mostly. But now because I work with so many different types of people under that fit underneath that umbrella, I'm able to run like one funnel for all of that. So yes, I'm submitting my two comic club award finally and grab that. But yeah, it's like, I think the one thing I really like about this business and like just business in general is like, it just really allows me to be like super creative and really put those ideas to work a lot faster because I have like a team that can help me with that. And then I never really thought I could do that. I think we're all accustomed to like be, be educated or taught that like the harder you work, the more success you get, the harder you work. It's like, no, it's the smarter you work. And you know, it's, it's just like how you could, help people work with for you. And like, I never really understood that. I'm like, I could just outwork everybody for the rest of my life. And I'm like, I'm only going to, I'm only going to get to the same spot every single time if I do that. So now I give people the team that can help them work smarter the same way that I implemented it for myself. That's wild. So, you know, I don't want to gloss over it because you said you threw in the towel. Yeah. We're just in your room for two or three months. I mean, that's depression, bro. So no, I know it was depression. I know. Believe me, I get it. <laughs> Who showed up to help you get out of that? Like, I mean, you said we were pregnant again a few times. I got a house. You know, I got all these bills. Like, who was standing in the gap? Me. I showed up because I, I was the one that, you know, I abandoned myself. I know I kind of speak in third person, but, like, I just I gave up. Like, I just showed up and I had a... You know, I had to consistently like motivate myself and get back into that groove. And like, you know, if you ever got to a certain point where it doesn't matter who's there, it doesn't matter what someone tells you, like 
there's no you got to figure it out on your own. Like there's nothing that nobody else can do unless you're ready. I just wasn't ready. You know, I just was like, I don't care. I don't, like I just like people would say like marketing or business and they was almost like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yeah, I mean, I. but at the same time, it was it, it lit a fire under my ass and I was like. And it's like the more adversity and things that you go through and the, and the more things that happen to you, it's like it builds up like uh, what am I trying to say? It, it just makes you tougher for the next battle. Right. You're like battle tested. You're like, OK, what's next? Like, it's not like you're welcoming something on, but you're like, if something happens to me, I'm like, shit, I've been through this and this. This is nothing. So, you know, it just allows me to be a little bit stronger and more positive and be able to handle more and make decisions quick and figure things out a lot quicker as well. So it's crazy. You're giving people all the systems and processes they need in order to actually have their business. Cause Correct. what I find most when people come into coaching is they've never sold anything. They got an idea. They have no idea how to fulfill it. And it's like, they're kind yeah. of just There's floating also- in the sea. There's also a fine line there, right? So it's up to it's up to us internally as our, our business to make sure that we're working with the right people. So we have like certain criteria that we like to meet, like, and it's not very complicated at all. But anyone that's completely new, obviously we have something for them, but they're probably not quite ready for the 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 done for you program that gives them the team members and starts trying to go out to the market and selling it. So we try to look for people that, you know, have some experience. They've, you know, obviously have some sort of program structured. They've worked with clients before they have some sort of following. They have some sort of voice. They know how to use social media. That's a plus. So, you know, we try to look for those things, but so what we're doing now is we're developing programs for all different levels, right? So someone comes in and they're completely new, you know, here's a program that's going to help you get to not being like, gets you through that, the, the noise of getting to the next level to make you ready for one of our other programs. So we've noticed that after doing this for a few years that we're going to have to meet people where they are and then help them take them to the next level. And it's all the value ladder, obviously leading them to, you know, your highest package, just, you know, however you want to do it. Love it. So I, I looked at one of your offers and there's three of them basically. Yeah. And I think the biggest one is called the flood where it's like just customers are going to be raining down on top of you. And it's really, I'll call it sophisticated. I've never seen anybody make an offer like that. Usually most people are making an offer that they can still blame it on you if the thing doesn't work. But I mean, yep. you guys are really getting engaged. You're setting up landing pages and messing with funnels and all kinds of, and running ads too. So I think it's yeah. really exciting. Yeah. So we're doing it all. You know, obviously we can't do everything, right? There's still going to be things on the client and, you know, but we are always there to like help them through and like, and because of like how resourceful I am, and because of everything that I've been through and like, even like from when I started my business, you know, however many years ago that was, I've always kept like a really close connection with almost, you know, everyone that I've met over the years. So it's built like into this 
community of people that I could rely on and trust. And we're able to kind of use all of those resources for our clients as well, which is great. Perfect. Perfect. So James, if they want to find out more about the journey to seven figures or anything else, what's the best place for them to go? I mean, do I give people my phone number or is that too forward? No, nah, no, nah, you can send them to the <laughs> site again. And we just gave it to them in the beginning. So I want to give it to them at the end. Yeah, too. I know. So they want to go to mission media.com. Then that's the number four. There's uh, or they can go to journey to seven figures.com. So it's journey to the number seven figures.com. So those two pages and resources will give you contact information also let you know about the agency side, also the done for you side. And we got a lot more things coming down the pipeline, man. I feel like I've been doing this for a while, but I feel like I'm just getting started out. Probably heard that before, but I think I'm getting, I'm just getting started on the next phase of where I want to take it to. Let me put it that way. So what dream are you most focused on catching next since you bring that up? I am, I, I like, I still want to do the, the, the done for you, but I'm, I'm going to work towards more of like, I, I one thing that I haven't done that much is like more like live speaking engagements. So I want to move towards that. I want to, I'm actually working with a local business right now that speaks in like front of prisoners and teaches them about business. So I'm getting involved in that. That's going to be starting in the next couple of weeks here. So I can go in talk about business and, you know, kind of share my story with people that are in my situation that I've been in like, Hey, look, like I've been where you're sitting and I got through it. So Starting to go down, down down that space a little bit more. Sharing the message. That, I call that the significance play. Helping people become more of who they're supposed to be. Yeah. So final question for you, my brother. What's the one thing you want the listeners to take away from this? I think it's like, I mean, it might sound like you've heard it before, it's cheesy, but it's like the lessons that you're going through life and the things that are happening in your life, like they really are happening either to mold you into the person that you want to become or to teach you a lesson, right? It's just that we need to understand that it's not difficult to make like a change. And the the harder it seems, that just means that you're getting a little bit closer to that change. So it's like the last, you know, 30 seconds of a race for a runner or something. It's like, you're a lot closer than you think you are. It's just that last final five, 10%, that's where like the majority of people usually quit and they're like, I can't do this anymore. So I just want people to know that if they're doing something every day to reach towards their goals and they're staying positive, it's just a matter of time before they get there. And the different people that they're going to meet along the way, the different lessons they're going to learn are going to all be positive because they're pushing towards one of their goals. Love it. The way I like to say that is your dream should be real. (laughs) We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.